0: Trisden and Ray. Having lived and spent time on the coasts, and in rural Appalachia, we feel like we have a unique perspective on most topics. Working to find the common sense middle in a country becoming more and more polarized. Welcome to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. What's up Ray? Hey Triz. How's it going man? Alright, we're back again back again so fun show today yes another guest we, we need more
1: guests we don't have you know you and I talking gets old
0: and <laughs> no question and we've been really <laughs> lucky uh, you know and I think Kevin is an example of this our, our guest today Kevin comedian uh, and actor Kevin McCaffrey like if you reach out to famous people sometimes they'll just be like yeah that's fine I'll just do your ridiculous podcast so today is another example of that and it's just phenomenal
1: that's very cool yes
0: yeah, well, I was gonna say, who famous did you reach out
2: to that said no before? Like before you DM'd me, I was like, who are these famous people we're talking about? Well, Kevin, Kevin in
0: Central Kentucky, if you've been on True TV, like that's oh, kind yeah. of one step down from the governor. I think I'm, I'm <laughs> probably
2: on right now, baby. I'm, uh, yeah, they, they, they will never stop rerunning that thing. Oh,
0: that's great. <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, so we're here with comedian Kevin McCaffrey, uh, live-ish from New York, man. How's it going? It's going good.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm all right. I guess it, it, c- it could be slightly better uh, for 10 days. Now we live in a, I live in a two bedroom apartment with my wife and she's had COVID for uh, oh, had wow. testing positive for 10 days. So it's just like, Ouch. it's really shrunk our two bedroom. <laughs> and she's over there. I'm over here. I very it's sort of like when I'm on the road doing stand up. I found a very if she's not in the room sort of giving me the cues of when to go to bed i just turn into like a permanent child on a sleepover like (laughs) i don't know when to go to sleep i'm like too many seasons deep into madden after like i'm getting to the point where the people i'm like drafting into my franchise could be my actual children you know like it's so far into the future uh so you know it's all right but i think she's she's getting better but you know
0: nice yeah hopefully doing okay I've I've been under the weather Uh, this week uh, also which I I think hopefully it's just a season change thing and not Mm -hmm. COVID but actually bought some COVID tests and this is just a Stupid story. Uh, you guys have done the COVID tests. It's you swab sure. your swab your nose and then you put the tip on the specimen and right. you drop it into the thing. Well, I got a bad pack of COVID tests and the dropper was full of like hard plastic. So once you did all the steps and you, you know, made yourself almost die by cramming that up your nose, it wouldn't come out of the dropper. So I was getting mad and I didn't realize it was just like full of plastic semen or whatever it is. And so like I just no kept really. squeezing it. True story. It exploded like this <laughs> snot saline solution just exploded. And I'm like, yeah, that's about right. So I you've
2: yeah, you've I created COVID-23 now. That is <laughs> going to be the new one. Yeah. <laughs> that's it.
1: And, and those weren't the free ones that Uncle Joe yeah. was giving out?
0: No, no. I actually <laughs> went paid out for and them. bought a pack. Yeah. No, that's or not. funny. Yeah. <laughs> so if you believe the tests that they couldn't actually get the dropper right, I'm COVID negative. But yeah, I felt like garbage, yeah. rough week. So yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, thoughts and prayers for your wife. Hopefully she's uh, over it yeah. quick, man. That's miserable. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, you, we've already mentioned a little bit of the true TV. So talk about that. I've, I've always said like some of those, that type of programming, I mean, that is just putting a ball on a tee for comedians, right? Like that is wonderful. It's the, I mean, uh, there are some jobs
2: in show business and probably just in life in general where you look at it and it appears to be easy. And then you're like, well, there, I mean, there must be something more to it. No, <laughs> <Like> this is, <laughs> in this case, it's, if people haven't seen it, it's, pr- it's still rerunning. It. Uh, I did it, fr- did like 200 episodes on True TV's World's Dumbness from 2008 to 2014 uh, and it's just you know one of those shows where they they show crazy internet clips and then you pop up they they have comedians and then D list celebrities maybe a C list in there or so but usually D you know it was like <laughs> it was comedians like me Chelsea Peretti Mike Trainer uh, then like. Frank Stallone, who has since blocked me oh, on yeah. Twitter. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's too bad. We had a nice thing going for a bit. Uh, and then, uh, like, Tanya Harding was on the show. You know, oh, wow. so it, was, it's a weird, it was a weird bunch. But um, yeah, man, it was just like they would send you, it was long enough ago that they would used to just send you d- physical DVDs with all the clips mm-hmm. on it. And then wow. eventually they'd send you links and you just write jokes and go sit in front of a green screen. And yeah, easiest job I've ever had still.
1: That's great
0: that's awesome. And, and I think the nice thing about it, I mean, you mentioned that they just still air constantly. I mean, that's never going to get old, right? Like it's, you're still going to always want to see somebody fall and then comedians making fun of that. Yeah, man. It's like, I mean, that's so much (laughs) of like,
2: you know, reels and TikTok and YouTube is just that now, right. Is (laughs) so so many of those things. And it's, and it's nice for me because that's still when people come out to see me do stand up on the road, it's from, it's usually from, one of a couple things if they're coming out to see me on purpose, but that's still one of the main ones. But like I have physically changed, you know, I've aged since then. I also got like less fat. So if people only know me from that, they show up and they're like, what happened, you know? Uh But yeah, it's a very, it's a very nice thing that to have, so, you know, your face just bouncing around out there forever, I guess, you know? Yeah.
0: Phenomenal. So uh, the reason that I reached out, I, your one of your TikTok clips happened just upon my feed. I guess the algorithm said, I'm somebody that wanted to know somebody that was, A, Mike Pence's cousin, and B, Gosh, doesn't. Small group. Right. <laughs> yeah. I've got an odd algorithm that, that brings <laughs> yeah, that in. Yeah, do, yeah. So it's like you you, and all of your cousins, that's all I see repeatedly. Yeah. But, but man, you've got to have some phenomenal Mike Pence stories, right? <laughs> Well, not
2: really. I mean, like, sort of, you you know, so what it is, and I talk about it in in the bit. And it's weird, because it's I talk about, you know, how I am, I am truly Mike Pence's cousin. It's, uh, he was my grandma's first cousin. And they were tight. And I talk about that uh, on stage. But it's, you know, I, I had this on my on the album that uh, that I recorded and put out in 2018, and you know, it did fine. It was like playing on Sirius and stuff, but it didn't really blow up until he was leaving office. And I put, as you said, I, I put the clip on TikTok, and uh, I mean, I haven't been in the same room with him since, like. I think my grandpa's wake and like in the early two thousands, but mm. it is, you know, it, it, my, my mom and her sisters all like, they've been on vacations with them growing up in Wisconsin. Uh, my one aunt, when like everything was blowing up, she sent me photos she had, uh, from their time. And there is one of a shirtless Mike Pence <laughs> at, at a, uh, like a young shirtless Mike Pence at a Wisconsin lake house with my mom and aunts and stuff. And she's like, please don't put this anywhere. And I'm like, I can't imagine a thing that would be less desirable on Earth than this. But yeah.
1: That's great. But, you know, I've always said this, Kevin. I don't agree with Mr. Pence's politics, but he always struck me as, um, I I always say, the neighbor test. You know, would you like to live next to that person? He always struck me as a very nice man.
2: I mean, I have... Aunts who uh, agree with that, and my, okay. <laughs> you know, and my, my grandma uh, was, you know, who I was. I, I talk about it in the bit, but I, I was close enough to her, so I did. I like gave her eulogy, and she was close. Wow. She was like close with Mike, you know, and she and yeah. she did agree with uh, you, you know his his politics, and she was very <laughs> very very proud of him and appreciated him. And I remember in two thousand eight, you guys probably remember the, you know, uh, there was at the RNC for McCain's, when McCain yes. was giving the speech, Mike right. Pence was going to be doing the keynote for that. And right. it got canceled because of the uh, like economic collapse, I think. Yes, and that's right. Isn't that's that right? right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, so I went to, I was uh, touring. I was. I just started touring as a stand-up at that time. My grandma lived in Indiana. And I remember her, like, he sent her the, the text. So she, like, she read it to me and was very excited and proud about it. So... I will say there are there are people in my family who are significantly more pro Mike Pence than I am. Yeah. yeah.
1: And as I say, I you know, his politics, I always found a, a little uh, averse to me. But, sure.
2: you know, oh, you're not from are just, England. You're not. Uh, <laughs> right, is, is right. That it? Yeah.
1: But people are more than their politics, even for political junkies like myself in Trisden. And I, I just always thought you would find a true gentleman if you ever found yourself in Mike Pence's company.
2: I, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I because w- it's you know it is one of those things where we, it, it, there are t- when people hear the thing, I think it is disappointing that like I'm not closer to him. But in the bit when I talk in stand up, I, I don't pretend that I am closer to him. I just sure. I say that I, sure. I say that I am I am his cousin. I had to look up what it was because gr- grandma's cousins like first cousin uh, once removed. I think once removed uh, or tw- yeah, whatever it is, and. Uh, you know, it's, that's all true. And sometimes after shows, people will be like, is that really true that he's your cousin? And I'm like, right. what kind of sociopath would make that, uh, like, do you think that makes me sound cool? Like that's, it's one of the least, like no one, it's like, this will get the chicks. Uh, you know who I'm related to is Mike Pence. Uh, you know, he thinks you shouldn't have rights and stuff. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. Yeah,
1: because he does have that reputation as a pretty serious, you know, Christian man, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. He, uh, you know, my my family's Irish Catholic. Obviously, my name's Kevin Brian Thomas McCaffrey. I'm a potato, right. basically. And uh, <laughs> he, he, like... You and me he, both, brother. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, he, So he was, like, raised Catholic, but he converted to, like, a more hardcore form of Christianity. Gotcha. So this man is... He cannot get enough God, man. He is right. uh, <laughs> he, the only person who ever like saw Catholicism and was like, can we turn up the notch on this a little bit, uh, religion-wise? Well,
1: and you know what's so, so strangely ironic about that, Kevin, is um, that he would have attached his star to a guy like Trump. You know, it's like, you know, Mr. Pence, I, I respect y- your view. I may not agree, but I respect it. But you kind of pooped all over it when you attached yourself to Trump.
2: I yeah I couldn't agree more and I think I think it's very nice how much grace you are giving him and I think many people like you uh, who are, are do give give him you know uh I personally feel like that shows what a uh, what a game of three card moral Monty this guy's been playing his whole Absolutely. life. And that, I think he is just, you know, because it, it shows you where, where his integrity lies, I think, is as soon as he could do something that would help him, he decided <laughs> to bail on everything that were his supposed beliefs. And then I love that, like, trying to explain what white privilege is to someone, all, like Mike Pence is such a perfect microcosm of that because my man literally grew his fine sort of 3.96 years into a four-year vice presidency <laughs> and the growing is fine by the way he didn't even want to do he asked yeah. Dan Quayle if he could get out of it and he, did. Legal, he leading did legal scholar Dan Quayle uh and he and then he couldn't <laughs> do it legally and then he gets credit for a thing he couldn't do <laughs> like it's bananas uh, Yeah, no that's bananas. fair yeah. that is very yeah. fair
1: Kevin that really yeah. is
2: so they really don't want you at dinner with Mike do they <laughs> oh no, man it is it's really funny I want it so like I, I didn't <laughs> but I will say like most of my family uh is more along the lines of me yeah. you know uh right, and, really. and, and uh but I was I was gonna see if I could look it up. It might take a minute though. But like one of his like one of his close family members, I forget who. Uh, after the bit like blew up again recently uh, when he announced he was running, and yes. just sent me a thing that was like, "You're not funny. Get another career, you know." And uh, you're don't talk about your family like this. And I was like, "Who are you? I don't like. I don't. We haven't met. I'm you know." Uh, uh, yeah. And I was, uh, I pointed out to her, like a difference between Mike and I is that I'm only saying things that are true, you know, I can, uh, I feel fine with everything I'm talking about. Right. No, that's I, very fun.
0: I think one of the weird things, and, and again, never, uh, never a, a big Pence guy. I think again, anything sort of surrounding Donald Trump's orbit, I think for all the, or like a, a vast majority of the sane people just became really just a no go zone. But it was funny, like, after they didn't hang him on January sixth, yeah, it, 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 that's just a bluff, you know. It was sometimes, a, sometimes <laughs> your, you know your buds
2: sometimes just get, get around or like ah yeah. That's should we um, should we kill our
0: pal or maybe not? <laughs> yeah, but but, but like it, it sort of felt like, and again the same thing with Mitch McConnell. It just became you oh, know gosh, this politician geez. that I despise, but like he has at least the courtesy uh, which eighty percent of the party did not have to say. Okay, January 6th, bad. Yeah. I mean, so, like, I did have this moment of, like, well, I still hate Mike Pence and Mitch McConnell, but why the fuck can't everybody else get behind at least this bare minimum of shit everybody can see and at least agree on this and Donald Trump's not the guy? How are we back now to the spot where half the country's like, okay, maybe Trump's better than the old guy who's done pretty great. Yeah. who I, And like Biden's a guy who I didn't, I wasn't
2: voting for in the primaries, uh, but sure. you know, like I think he is, uh, he's, ex- I, I think generally exceeded what I expected. And there is that like, I think the theory of a reasonable middle, that middle you're talking about, like, I think has shrunk quite a bit. Right. Oh, and man. I think, you know, it's, it seems like it really has. Cause it, you know, I don't want to be like old man back in my day stuff, <laughs> sure. but like, it does feel like, it does feel like there's maybe it's just the mask is off like this, this pretending at a decency is uh, has been exposed by Trump a little bit because that was. I think that's well, I, exactly yeah, I think
1: that's exactly right, Kevin. I think that's not spoken about enough. I, it was probably always bubbling up. And this guy, Trump, just allowed people to say, screw it, man, we're going to tell you how we actually feel. That's exactly you know? it. I think I yeah. mean,
2: because that was when leading up to that election, I was like, you know, uh in 2016, I thought my (laughs) my belief that I see that I seem to differ from with a lot of people in my circle was I just thought Trump is mostly a basic Republican who just says what is behind the like the Mike Pence, Ronald Reagan impression. Like it's it's take away the impression. He just says what they actually are thinking and feeling policy wise. I didn't feel like he was crazy different from like a general Republican platform, you know?
1: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Yeah. I think, Trisney, you talk about that a lot. Like, some of his policies were okay, but God, you can't – hard to to disassociate it from the crazy.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I I think that's it. I mean, it was – you know, I think – which you could say that with most politicians. I mean, I remember coming out of college with George W. Bush and just not being such a fan, and, you know, the media just made him look so stupid, which he sort of enabled that. But, you know, again, I think it's – even outside of that. Yeah. Trump didn't really go in a, in a far direction politically. It was just all the baggage, the, the collusion, the things that, you know, were clear. I mean, it, yeah, it, is that's okay farther to... than
2: most. I will say like right. the, the January 6th yes. thing was, you know, that's farther than, <coughs> than, than, than most for sure.
0: Right. Yeah. And it is funny to watch for Republicans, sure. Republicans try to justify the porn star stuff. Like that's <laughs> where the majority of moral Christian Americans. And all of a sudden it's like, ah, porn star fucking's kind of okay. You know? Yeah, Well, and also like, it is, but also he was cheating. I think every yeah, right. time, so e- it's like exactly. whatever you know.
2: And that's one of those things where it's like, no, we're like, <laughs> yeah, there. I I have some grace for that, but their their whole 100%. Platform, like the the brand is built on this isn't okay, right? right. The Brand is built on we're yes. better than this somehow, yes. and it's just right. like well, well, I just yeah.
1: Go ahead. That, well, that's what I mean, Kevin, about uh, about uh, Mr. Pence is yes, the his brand, that brand built on that. And and I just will never be able to understand, and I that we may not, you know, it may take a historians 50, 100 years to figure out that connection between evangelicals and Trump. And I, yeah. I mean, I guess ultimately it comes down to abortion, right? That was the biggest thing. But good yeah. God, man, you've just basically, if you've lived a moral life, let's just give Mike Pence a benefit of the doubt. He's never been with another woman that wasn't his wife, whatever he said, can't be in. A room, well, you just pissed all over that yeah. by attaching yourself to Trump. I mean, you lost whatever moral high ground you had. I and think, it's kind, yeah. of,
2: kind of tragic. Yeah, I think it just invalidates the the whole argument. I mean, yes. I just don't, I just don't believe, it. and I mean, that's how I feel about a lot of extreme right evangelicals generally right. too. Is just like they're not golden rule people, you know. Right. I mean, like they, you know, you've seen all the things about Jesus being a real socialist and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> sure. but it is, you know, there's truth in that. There's, it, yes. there's, I think there's one party that has shown that they care a lot less about the poor, and right. it makes you wonder what Bible they were reading. You know right. what what Bible or Torah or anything I mean like any religious text they all they all mostly Center on the same few principles and uh it's not it's
0: not what that guy was doing
2: you know? no
1: it's really not
0: it's no. always funny like one of the, my favorite uh memes that I will scroll across every year and a half is the Republican Jesus video and uh those are so great because it's you know Kind of that there's a, there's a meme and then there's a video, but it's always like Jesus with a M16 and, you know, we, <laughs> yes, we, right. we don't help the poor and, you know, screw all these people, which is, yeah. it does, <laughs> you know, it's funny because it does make you think, well, that's kind of true. Yeah,
2: but if it makes you think at all, you're you're not aligning with these people, right? Right. Like I think that, in in terms of like a negotiating tactic from the left, a a thing that puts people on the left at a disadvantage is you want to like acknowledge truth and you want to like. But if you keep if you keep moving towards like a, a middle ground where you ever concede a point and they just never do. You end up moving right, right? It doesn't matter right. what's true but, because if, if truth matters to you and it doesn't to them, you give them a point and you just keep sh- – and then the center keeps moving their way. Right? Well, actually, Kevin, that's a great analysis.
1: I never really thought about it in those terms, but the party is certainly moving right. I mean, yesterday they um, uh, elected this guy, Johnson, from Louisiana, I guess, yeah. who is as far right – I mean, he may be further right than your cousin – yeah. I mean, apparently, apparently Tris and I, I think I sent it to you, he hosts a podcast with his wife where he looks, they, they go through the Bible and look at how that would, uh, you know, pertain to today and how to govern by God's law. I, no, no kidding. Wow. So, I mean, this guy, so, so to Kevin's point, the party has moved even further, right? Like Matt Getz should just be this <laughs> crazy guy who's ignored. And now he's like central in that effing party.
0: Yeah, What's, it's fascinating. And, and I think to that point, like just having conversations with Republicans, even on that level, you will find yourself like, because I think as liberals, we do tend to try and not exclude everybody and they hear your voice and you'll, you will give a point or two, but I've never had a Republican say, no, you're right. That's a good point. Right. I mean, they really get on that bandwagon and they're just 1 million percent in. It's, you know, we're going with the party. I'm not going to concede anything. And that, you know, is to our detriment, I think. We've got to be more aggressive. You need to be a bully sometimes,
2: I guess, you know, and it, it, you know, that sucks. That sucks. And that's like you because you don't want to. You don't want it to affect the quality of you as a person and whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Mike Johnson, uh, I mean, that dude literally, he thinks t- there were two T-Rexes on yeah. Noah's Ark. Like, his, <laughs> like this guy <laughs> right. is, you know, it, it is. And that is the guy who was able to land all the votes after all the craziness of just, like, a million, right. million just right. every Republican a 100 L's in a row on those House votes. Right. This is the guy who they're like, okay, fine, we'll be reasonable. <laughs> this guy who, who, like, literally, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It really is crazy. So, Kevin, tell us about your career, man. You you uh, um, you can tell us the year you were born rather than your age and then <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, either one. Uh,
2: 1982. Uh, okay. yeah. yeah, 1982. I'm 41. You're not a kid, kid. No, no, I'm not. Uh, so, what did I, your career look like? What was the path? Path was basically I played sports for a long time, basketball, and football, until uh, had 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 some concussions, and then turns out I, I like, and then it turns, and it was before concussions were cool too. It was yeah. like in the nineties, huh? you know. That <laughs> was
0: the, the, the wipe it off and get back in. I played yeah, right, high school exactly. football. It get was nothing. You're fine. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Coach
1: says it's okay to bleed out the ears. Your,
0: your bell <laughs> <Yeah>. was rang. <ringing. laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So,
2: you know, I played I, I sports was kind of my whole life until uh, that stopped. And then uh, when my career plans were like, make the bulls, then that didn't happen. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I was a huge like a huge Letterman and Conan and SNL nerd when I was a sure. kid growing up. Sure. So in high school, one sports stop, I started doing doing a radio show and became really like obsessed with that. Where I, well, you, you got know, a great
1: voice, man. I oh, can sure radio. You. Yeah, you do. But,
2: yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so I did that. And then I specifically went to college, a place where I could sort of start my own late night talk show. And that was my whole life in, uh, in college. And that's how I met my wife. That's how I met a lot of my best friends who all moved out to New York after that. Um, my wife got in as an intern at Letterman first, and after that, they started looking at our show, and I went to Ball State, and so a few, uh-huh. of, us got in, a few of us got in there, like, uh, sort of every semester for a while, one of the people from our group would get in at, like, Letterman or The Daily Show, and, um, and that sort of, that brought us out here, so I interned at the show, and then worked for the music department for a year, uh, like, as an assistant to Paul in the house band, and then that's when I left. Really? To sort of start as a full-time writer in stand-up.
0: That's phenomenal. How long uh, did you write at Letterman? So I wrote
2: uh, monologue jokes for the show, I mean, basically from from 2004, like ba- basically after my internship. I During my internship, I ended up writing under the table for the top 10 a little bit, um, which was... It was a weird way how it happened because they tell you during your internship interview there, they're like, OK, if if you do get the writer's internship, that doesn't mean you're writing. You won't be writing top 10s. And I was like, got it, 100 percent, whatever. But just to keep my brain from atrophying while I'd be covering phones every day, I would like write, you know, on the back of a message sheet on the topic. And one day, Dave, like, got the top 10 right before the show, just put an X through the whole thing, handed it back and walked out on stage. <laughs> wow. No kidding. So the writers were in a panic and the writer's (laughs) assistant ran upstairs and was like, what are you writing? And I was like, nothing. I'm definitely not, I'm not overstepping my bounds. And then he took it and uh, he's like, all right. And I got, I got two on the list that day. And then uh, that sort of led to freelance monologue writing for the show.
0: That's wild. That's really cool. So what was Dave like? I mean, you hear a lot of stories, obviously. Sure. I mean, like I... I like
2: I love Dave since childhood. I don't know him Same. personally much now. When I worked there, like almost every conversation I ever had with Dave was on air. Um, mm. It would be you know Dave used to like to the show would like they like to use staffers in sketches and stuff, sure, right? Right. So if you were comfortable on camera, you would start getting thrown in a ton of stuff for that. So for that year, I was the music assistant. I was very frequently like. I'd play an intern who something weird would happen to and I'd get dragged right. out of the theater or I'd be interrupting Dave at the desk in some sort of costume or whatever. So that's I mean, that's mostly how I talked to Dave until uh years later when I got booked to do stand up on the show. I was 31 and uh, got booked to come back. And then he talked to me afterwards a little bit there and was. Super nice. I mean, he he wasn't a guy who mingles, really, you know? Um, But I I don't don't know if you guys saw, there was like sort of a big piece about Jimmy Fallon and The Tonight Show, and it was sort of like about it being a toxic workplace and stuff. And I think a lot of Letterman staffers saw that article and were kind of like, what's... I mean, yeah, TV, TV's weird. Like it, it, this isn't, I, I don't see what I'm supposed to be offended by here, but also I would say everyone who worked on Dave had a particular affinity for him and like his talent. I think a lot of people at that show were not just people who wanted to work in TV, but there was a lot of people who were just like, I want to work for David Letterman, period. Right. You know,
0: it also felt like, and I, I just harped on this on, on our show here about the Fallon stuff, because For one, I was lucky enough to meet Jimmy one time and he was just on the street and super exactly who you thought he would be. Yeah, that's what I've heard, yeah. So- and i read that that article i can't remember who wrote the article rolling stone or whatever it was but it, to me it seemed like a piece of shit because there was no examples a of things he specifically did to anyone it yeah. was just more like wow tv's really hard and stressful and jimmy didn't fix it somehow and i just thought you know i work in the lowest level of media in central kentucky radio and you have just days where you're just like fuck my life like this is miserable because of the sort of the nature of the business i can only imagine when there's you know, millions of dollars behind it. And these celebrity guests and Dave's in a bad mood or whatever, or Jimmy, yeah. Colin, whatever, like he's not always going to come and hold your hand. Right. Like, no, right. And it's an,
2: it's when an industry is built on a single person's personality, guess what? It's going to make you weird. <laughs> like, right. It's, a likely there's something weird about you that got you into this, right? That's sure. the case with many performers and whatever. Yeah. But also, it's just like, yeah, the whole job is you. So I, uh, you're not getting the most normal people in the world. And right. in, in that article, I, yeah, the, the thing that stuck out to me is was like nine or ten showrunners in nine or ten years. I'm like, to me, that seems like more of the problem than Jimmy's personality. But right. I, I mean, I, I know some people and have friends who who work on the show and whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with, with you where I was like, I, I don't think this is, it, it's not really, there wasn't enough like things attributed to a single story that someone was willing to put their name behind on that for me to actually give it too much weight. Right. right. And I'm much older than both of you guys, but, and, and I don't want to sound like the old curmudgeon, but
1: a little <laughs> bit of that is that millennial bullshit, you know, the, the kids that My bullshit.
2: Really, you
1: know. <laughs> But, you know, these kids really, they get offended much easier than we did. They just do.
2: And I I think in this case, too, it's like, I think if you do get offended or if you do you know, I don't know if you want to complain about your workplace, there's more sources where you can quickly do that publicly now than they used right. to be, Right, right? Like you can go very viral true. for making a TikTok in a way that like, that was very a, true. You know, I don't know what, yeah. I don't know what you would have done in like the year 2000, even if you had these opinions, like you could write that's a, a letter point. to the editor, I guess, but you know, right. Yeah. Right. right. A letter and to and the
0: editor is <laughs> about
1: the extent of it. Yeah,
0: that's right. Very and true. I, and the, in the year 2000, Conan O'Brien bid as well. Oh, I love that bet. Uh, that was so and good. And I love that it continued to like 2015. Right. They were it was still so doing good. in the year 2000, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was wonderful. And So on that note, and uh, if you'll humor me, Kevin, I'll tell a quick Conan O'Brien story. Oh, I love it. Love but Conan. first, let's take a real quick commercial break and let Troy throw our local sponsors on. Hi, this is Tony with We Do Epoxy, and I'm looking for ugly floors. I mean, so ugly, dirt won't stick to it. We can take your ugly garage, basement porch or patio and turn it into a work of art in just a couple of days is your garage floor so ugly you keep the door closed to prevent anyone from seeing it we do epoxy can fix that stop living with ugly concrete call me today at 859-582-7920 that's tony at 859-582-7920 okay we're back and uh Just great sponsors, great sponsors. Kevin, you shop at all those
2: places, am I right? I do. God, yeah. My house is cluttered with all those products I just heard about.
0: From from local central Kentucky places. (laughs) Uh Yeah, the shipping's crazy, but it's worth it. You know, it's funny, Kevin, and this is a true story. I was going to say, we lost one of our biggest sponsors because he sold his business this week and he was a big pawn shop. And I was just gonna ask you like if you were maybe gonna jump out of a window to know that you're like on a podcast sponsored <laughs> that was sponsored by a pawn shop that then gave up the sponsorship <laughs> to leave the business. So, so <laughs> they pulled so your it, show back, kind of but, is yeah, that whatever yeah. <laughs> so again, thank you so much for coming on the show. Like <laughs> we Dude, we're, I got we're very you know, self aware.
2: My my podcast. I have a couple of podcasts myself. I have uh, Sex and the City. It's for me and a very funny TV writer named John Daly. Uh, just two straight married men who watch Sex and the City for the first time, beginning in 2019. That's and, funny. Uh, Then that went well enough that we got us. We do a spinoff called the Bridgerton Bros. So, uh, <laughs> but for our first sponsor ever on Sex and the C- for Sex and the City, it's, that podcast was just a, a like a sex toy online place that DM'd <laughs> us and we're like, how much to advertise. (laughs) We're like, I don't know, hundred bucks an episode, and they were like, great. (laughs) So we, I won't say their name, but it was uh, (laughs) uh, a synonym sponsorship. Yeah, the (laughs) synonym would be like uh, filthy play container. Uh, It
0: would be (laughs) the three. Um. So yeah, no a pawn shop's fine. <laughs> cool. It's yeah. funny, yeah. and and I got to, I listened yesterday. I was so excited because I just thought that was the best premise for a podcast. Like just a couple dudes sitting around, yeah, maybe having a drink, great. watching Sex in the City. And then from the perspective of straight guys talking about it, and uh, was not disappointed. I got to listen to about 45 minutes yesterday, and laughed the whole time. So, uh, and and I look forward, I've never watched Bridgerton, uh, but also, again, same thing, I would like to, uh, maybe, my wife, I'm sure would love to, and I'll watch it with her, and and listen to the podcast, Jason.
2: Yeah, we're both married, but, like, if we were single, this would have been the perfect idea to meet people, because, like, our listenership (laughs) is, like, 90% women, who, like, all know more about these shows than we do so they're always like dming what we got wrong like playfully but, that's awesome uh, yeah are very very into it yeah
0: yeah that, yeah that is like the best of both worlds nothing you could do to get more probably female dms <laughs> than that yeah so uh but yes check it out so bridgerton bros and, and uh sex in the city it's and you had another podcast i, I had not listened to yet uh, but there was only a few episodes maybe or something I oh, no,
2: I have a well I used to do one called college stories that that's is, it, yeah. we stopped doing a long time uh, a while a year, years ago now but it was that was fun where we'd have like a lot of comedians on just telling basically one main college a little bit about college and then telling one main college story that's uh, great. if you can believe it from the name but the yeah so did that and then I, I host a myself and a comedian named Adam Mamwala also host just a baseball podcast like a Chicago Cubs baseball podcast oh nice oh, that's well, so.
0: do, do you do immaculate grid yes too much my god (laughs) so so freaking addictive Um, yeah well i I, real quick i want to tell you my conan story because i teased it before the break but this is again we'll tell you the type of horrible human being i am and uh obviously like i think we're i'm two years older than you so we're kind of it sounds like from the same a bit of the same generation obviously conan was so insanely big and you know if you were into comedy you liked letterman and conan and there was not like a lot of options i mean you know it was kind of the nobody really liked of our age, like Jay Leno. So it was kind of,
2: you know, the other guys. You know, it's, it is weird. Like, obviously I'm a Letterman guy. So, uh, so I'm like, you know, fuck Jay Leno. But also it's just, you know, I don't know anyone who's like today being like, remember that, remember that amazing Leno thing that they did? Like, there's just nothing. I mean, like the dancing Itos. I don't know what (laughs) the cultural mark is is very light from him. But yes, I I was also a Letterman Conan guy.
0: Yeah. So like, and, and again, if you were like super into comedy, it was almost like paralleled the East coast, West coast, like rap feud, like because you were so <laughs> totally. in, into it. Um, but anyway, being some guys uh, from community college, when I first got out of high school, I went to community college for a year before I went to a real school and we had went up to, to watch an episode of Conan and ended up randomly there for his 1000th episode. Oh my God. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah. it was kind of, kind of cool. And we were there and at the end of the episode, like, well, they were still on air, thought it would be a wonderful idea to like stand up and yell to draw attention to ourselves. And again, if there's anything in my whole life I could ever go back and not do <laughs> just because as an adult realizing like the self-importance, like the douchebaggery of something like that. And so we did that. That's a thing we did that was on that. They did a good job in, you know, after the show and making it very low. But yeah, so.
1: At I'm the, a in so response. At,
0: at, at, yeah, good question. He, you, you, yeah, he he just kind of looks up like and then back down. Salt. I think he knew that they would probably clear most of it in editing, but it right. was like, yeah, like the people like we would have been hissed out of there if it hadn't been any other type <laughs> yeah. of like, you, I crowd did, was Did you yell a awful. word
2: or was it just a noise?
0: It was just hey Conan, like and we had nothing else. Like what the fuck were we even going like he yeah. was I'm like you. Yes, sir. Yeah. What would you like? Uh, right. oh, I don't know. I got nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So well, if I, mean, if I was... ever if, if I to well, say, doing Conan, I will apologize. Like, I owe a go. fucking basket sure. of fruit or
1: something. But doing stand-up, Kevin, isn't one of the probably untaught parts of stand-up, but uh, dealing with hecklers, I'm sure everybody's different, but shit, it's always going to happen, right?
2: Yeah, so I think, like, pop culture, and now, I mean, I'm part of the problem, too, but uh, it's, it, like... Pop culture makes it seem like heckling happens more than it does. Okay. What what usually happens is it's someone who thinks they're helping 90% of the time and is like they think they're helping and you just, yeah. And I always, I'm always very nice up top, (laughs) explain it, give it a chance. And then if they make it very necessary, I will destroy them. But like, I, you know, it is. But, but I'm I'm also not, as you can probably tell, just vibe wise, I'm not very adversarial as a, right. as a performer, like my materials, not like that. Um, but that said, like, you know, with TikTok and stuff now, those are moments where you can put that online if something crazy happens and you you don't have to burn any material you know you're not like you're not like putting a joke out there so you can't tell it anymore you you're just like well this is crazy it it got lapsed whatever so now i think also tiktok makes it seem like heckling happens more but usually this is for any young comics out there how you deal with a heckler the best way to do it is to just let them really say what they want to say let it sit there and then just react to it naturally, because no one who's ever heckled has been smart enough or funny enough to do, to beat you anybody on stage. Like it is such a self-selecting thing. You're such a moron if you are if you go to a show and are like trying to actually derail the person on stage. And what you did, uh,
0: Tristan, I don't think was. No,
2: that's sure. like, yeah, that was was stupid.
0: A, just, just stupid being 19. I, I give myself too much credit, but yes, I didn't feel oh, like yeah, a heckler. I, I just felt no. like an idiot. Yeah. no, right. you're, a, you know, you're a f- <laughs> fan and stuff. Exactly. And that's fair. And I don't yeah. mind idiots. I am one, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, that's fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, so Kevin, I know we're getting pretty close to your out. So I do have a, a couple questions and I just wanted to pick your brain on just stuff in the news that I was fascinated with. I don't even know if you're following this, but, uh, this bill Maher, Hasan Minaj bit of a feud that's going on right now and and I wanted your opinion because it was kind of well I didn't really know who was right I was kind of fascinated by it I guess Hasan Minaj has said a few things in his stand-up act about uh, facing racism that was just a complete lie and obviously mm. there's some embellishment and some lying in comedy but is right. that a little too far pop culture wise if you're pretending you're facing that type of uh, you know racism and you're not
2: yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, it's an interesting one because Bill Mar. I mean, that's just something Bill Maher is gonna jump on. Bill Maher loves an excuse to kind of be racist, or yes, like, or to pre- or to pretend that like you know people are unfairly being called racist. He loves that. Right. But I will say with the Hassan stuff, Hassan's mm-hmm. point was I he was like I was exaggerating for I think he said like an emotional truth or something, and to me. You can lie about a punchline. You can lie about the punchline to get the laugh. I don't really, but that's just an artistic choice. Uh, but when the, when your lie is to like make you more of a hero, to me, that's not cool. Like, I, you know, like, I, so I, I don't want to agree with anybody in this view. really. But uh, yeah, I think there's a difference between lying for the laugh and lying for the clap if that makes any sense, Definitely. you know?
0: Yeah. That's such a well uh, nuanced thought out response. Um, so this has just came to me while we were talking about it because Hassan Minaj is in, uh, of course, probably more known from the daily show. I would think, did you, I, I mean, you know, nobody listens to this. So am I the only one that didn't find Trevor Noah that funny? Like he just never made me laugh.
2: I mean, this is a thing I think about comedy in general. Like, if you think someone's funny, you're right. And if you think they're not, you're right for you, you know? And that sure. is... So whenever people are like, they're not funny, I'm like, well, you're correct for you, whatever that is, okay. you know? Because it's like, point. You, you know, uh, I don't think, you know, if someone's telling me like, oh, you're you're not funny, I'm like, I, I agree for you. There's an objective sense in which I've made a living for two decades that I guess would say otherwise. But, you know, it's... Uh, I I think with Trevor Noah, I just didn't watch the show during that time. I've seen stand-up of his that I thought was decent. I I don't know him personally, um, but I just never watched The Daily Show with him. It's weird. Like, I didn't intend not to, but... um... Once Stuart was off, I just never found myself going there, really. And yeah. now I'm, I'm, I am, I will say I'm, I'm fucking pissed that Roy Wood is not getting that show because Roy mm. Wood Jr. is one of the best comics I in America. I completely agree. Yeah. He's amazing. He's a great dude. He's so smart and funny. And everyone online was like, well, of course this should be Roy's show now. And they're not giving it to him. And so he's stepping away. And I think that's a massive mistake.
0: So, so have they announced, uh, I've heard rumors, but th- have they said?
2: No, as far as uh, at the time of this recording, I don't believe they have okay. like officially said. I think they're still searching. They're still doing, uh, still doing like guest weeks and stuff. But the, yeah. it, but it's not going to be Roy uh, as of now, and that's really wow. dumb. That is I a think. shame. Yeah.
0: So yeah. he's a funny man. And and from there, uh, I know Chappelle loves it, and Dave Chappelle stays in the news. So I was curious if you had any thoughts on that. I, I actually I just saw Chappelle live at Rupp. Two weeks ago, and I'm a huge fan. But also, as somebody of Jewish heritage, like I do find myself sometimes feeling like that's a little rough and maybe not the time. But I, I can't help it. He's like he's he's a hilarious guy. I Will probably always be a fan. But uh, do you have any thoughts on some of the stuff he's been in the news with lately? I mean, I've,
2: I haven't seen a ton of detail, but he was talking about. I mean, was it? I, I saw that like he talked about Israel and some people were walking out at a show in Boston. I that's saw. It. Yes, that's. Um, it. Yeah, man. Yeah, here's here's what we should do about the Middle East. I don't like, just solve, I don't... solve
0: and you've got you've got two minutes left, Kevin.
2: Yeah, if two you minutes can solve are, yeah. Middle East Love politics. It, solve Thank you. you. Oh yeah, dude. I'm gonna <laughs> drop a Kushner on y'all right now and really figure things out. Uh, I, I I didn't really see it. I thought so. Dave Chappelle, undeniably one of the most charismatic comedians of all time, sure. legendary comic. I thought his. <laughs> When he did, over the course of three specials, literally like two hours of shitting on trans people, I sort of, I was like, you gotta, you gotta move on. I mean, it's beyond me even thinking, like disagreeing with what he was saying. I just, I just haven't paid much attention to what he's said since that. Um, I I think, you know, my feelings is just like, you shouldn't murder innocent people of any religion uh you know that's a hot take i know uh it seems like it actually is uh <laughs> online right now but um yeah what did i mean do, do you do you want to say what he was saying there oh no at the show I, you were at?
0: I mean did well, well he didn't really get it he actually he referenced jews at the show mm-hmm. and then said like basically in central kentucky i don't want to incite all the racists so i'm not even going to Pick on Jews here. And then I, you know, I guess he just took wow. it up, th- up the road. So, and, and I, which, and I've always found, ironically enough, if you're white in Kentucky, you're just kind of safe. They don't even know you're Jewish. Mm. So, yeah. I never yeah. found that to be a problem. Well, it's funny. Right. I,
2: there's a very funny comic who's a friend of mine, Ariel Elias, uh, who, uh, do you know her at all?
0: Name's very familiar. But she, I, I, so I-
2: she had a video go crazy viral when yes. uh, a, a Trumpy person threw yes. a bottle at her okay. and, then and she's, she's from, from her. Lexington.
1: That's right, yeah. Kevin. Yeah. I'm,
0: yeah, and we're we're boyfriend
1: yeah. Yes. Oh, Jewish cool. Kentucky yeah.
0: girl. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 So she, yeah, but she's sort of a similar thing, right? Or and she's yes. like, like blue eyed and stuff. So she's like, Yeah, didn't you know, it sort of Surprise, yeah. I'm Jewish if, <laughs> in right. Kentucky, I assume. you know. She she, yeah.
1: han- she handled that great. But you sound just like my brother, who's a huge Dave Chappelle fan and said that he felt like he was punching down with the whole transgender thing and kind of gave up on him. Not gave up
2: on him, but was like, yeah, come on, Dave, time I to think stop. He, yeah, he's, he's a legend. I just thought it got, I mean, like beyond anything else, I just, I was bored. I mean, I just. Yes. I, 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 yeah. So uh, uh, whatever, but he can yeah. do better. Now, what I thought
1: was interesting, Trizen told me at that Rupp Arena show, which is where UK plays big, big venue. Mm-hmm. They gave you a bag, which you put in your uh, cell phone and any, you know, any smart devices and then locked it and got it back at the end of the show.
2: That's which pretty- is. It's great. Yeah, Yeah, right. There's actually, so I'm recording my second album in January in Arkansas, actually, in uh, in Lowell, Arkansas. There's a great club called The Grove that I did last year, and they do that for everybody. So they like, and it's the first club I've ever been to that did that. And believe it or not, it makes the show better.
0: Like people pay attention. I would think. You know?
2: (laughs) So it's great. Yes. You know?
0: All right. Well, uh, Kevin, I know, uh, we've, we've went just a couple minutes over. We know you got to right. get out of here. Do you have any far, parting, parting thoughts here? Any, any parting questions?
2: I can, I can, if you got anything still on the list, I can knock it out.
1: I don't think you gave us all the details on solving the Middle East, Kevin. You got 30 more <laughs> I sessions. Did,
2: that wasn't
0: complete. That <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> That'll be for the Patreon subscribers. We'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> so Kevin, who, who is your favorite comedian of all time? Do you have a, a person that you just love?
2: The favorite favorite, com- I mean, like, you know, David Letterman's my number one everything, basically. Uh, nice. Like, arguably the most influential man in my life, you know, uh, from childhood on. And I don't think anyone's ever made me laugh. You've got to love Carlin, him. right? But, okay. I, yeah, I like Carl Like, Carlin's great. And he has some bits that are just, like, so timeless. Like, this, yeah, right. uh, he has right. bits from, like, the late 90s that feel like, it could, you know, it, it could yes. drop the day and right. it's timeless. I think for me, if we're talking like stand-up comedy specifically, I have two categories. I have the, who do I want? who The hour special comedian. And then the, if you just drop in on a club any night. Uh, right. And for me, uh, Chris Rock is probably my number one, like hour special dude of all time. Cool. And then uh, Dave Attell is my favorite. Oh, Dave Attell.
0: Oh, he's great. He's
2: filthy and like, yeah. It's, oh yeah. And it's it's not at all what I what I do. I mean, I'm, right. I'm a little dirtier than people think because I just sound like a dad. Uh, so people <laughs> don't even notice when I swear for the most part. And you're but, related uh, to Mike Pence. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and you
0: call your uh, wife mother.
2: No, I don't. <laughs> uh, yes. But uh, yeah, I is just like so smart and so surprising. And I would watch that guy in a club for 15 minutes. Yeah.
1: Every well, day. He is He's a yeah. funny dude. So, yeah. so,
0: Kevin, I will keep you on to, to listen to my story, but, but again, I'll tell it quick. I was such a big letterman nerd growing up as well that I would wait until after the show or I would watch the show, and you might remember this, then Alan Coulter would either say, worldwide pants, or he would say, some non sequitur at the end of the show yeah. I used to write those down I had oh, like yeah. notebooks of Alan Coulter's you know whatever he would say instead of Worldwide Pants uh, just because I was so into it which is just right we're just saying his not- voice like, going like thank you daddy at the yes, end yeah. exactly. you know it would just be ah,
2: like a rare it would just be like a random one sentence yes.
0: yeah <laughs> good night Regis you know yeah, whatever yeah. 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 so good but, no. uh, let's see right you, you have anything else
1: no, other than to say, Kevin, it was a pleasure, man. And if you're ever in this area, we have to see you. We got a nice little club here called Comedy Off-Broadway up in Lexington, which is amazing. I've heard, it. I've
2: heard yeah. it's fantastic. I've yeah. never gotten them to return an email. I would, I, I would <laughs> well, really. We'll yeah. That's crazy. unbelievable. I, I would love to do it. Tell them to book yeah. me and I, I, I'd be there this weekend. That would be, that uh, would be wonderful. I uh, guess yeah, yeah. it's great.
0: And tell folks where to find you uh, and whatnot. I've, I've, my, my aunt and uh, another friend that listen are going to add you on TikTok, so hey, I'm I, helping I'll, I'll, already. I'll take them. Let's get those numbers out. I, <laughs> I, it, think I they mean, watch just,
2: Bridgerton, too, <laughs> don't they? In,
0: Indeed. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I got
2: some free material for them, then. Uh, I, uh, just at Kevin McCaff on all the things on, on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, uh, uh, all those uh, uh, threads now, whatever. Uh, just at Kevin McCaff everywhere. You can and subscribe to the YouTube. Awesome. Hey, you—you
1: you, you were a big sports guy, Kevin. You got a pretty good last name there, relative to the NFL. Home McCaff is doing okay.
2: Oh, McCaff! The those McCaffs are really, really yeah. killing it. It is, <laughs> and for a kid who grew up playing sports, it is just <laughs> like, oh, all right, that—that's
0: when—that's actually good. I guess there was
2: one <laughs> one distant relative in there that who, who was really, really killing it.
0: Nice. Well, Kevin, we'll let you get out of here, man. It was a real treat having you on. Thank you so and, much, uh, Kevin. we sure appreciate it and again when you pop off just make sure the little number up top says 100 before you completely x out cool
2: (laughs) sounds good thanks a lot guys thanks for having me thank you kevin take care
0: bye-bye that was fantastic that that was a blast
1: that was a blast what a cool dude man it's a shame he's never made it down to comedy off broadway i'd go see him in a heartbeat
0: an insane i I don't know really comedy off broadway would not return kevin mccaffrey's call that seems ridiculous.
1: I don't really know who owns it, but I mean, yeah. Now,
0: eh, maybe it worked work but his so way may, down. I'll make a call, I think. I may, I may have to, to figure that so out. So, wrote for Letterman. And I did something about The Daily Show, but we
1: never really got into that.
0: No, I think he was saying that like his friend group at Ball State, maybe, they all either went to Letterman or The Daily Show. That was the way I took it.
1: Yeah, and wrote some top 10 for Dave.
0: No, I, I've, and I think
1: that's a great example he made relative to Fallon. I, like you, heard some you know, pretty rough stories about Dave. Um, you know, yeah. he, he was, he was his own, that's what we should ask Kevin. I think in some ways he was his own worst critic.
0: Yeah. Well, and I would say too, like the thing about Fallon, which was funny, and I bet Kevin would say the same thing about Letterman, like Letterman's not running around talking to every intern and like person who answers right. the phone all day. Like he probably right. deals with, you know, the two or three people he deals with and they right. go out and deal with, you know, the, the cue card guy and uh and everybody else so i would have to like the thing with fallon like he's not walking around every day dealing with the one of his 300 employees i would assume i mean sure.
1: Then i've got 30 employees and there's four or five that i talk to much more than the others i mean there's some employees who probably only know ray in passing you know yeah i mean they're not in the office they're not talking where i'm not really seeking them out they're not seeking me out if there's a problem we have a conversation but they don't know me well yeah. And Luke and Lucas less so. I think they probably are scared of him because he's not really there at night. So it, it is different. Um but you know, I, I like Leno. I wasn't gonna bring it up when you guys <laughs> I always thought Jay, I always thought Jay would again pass the neighbor test. He seemed like a very
0: nice guy. Dude, here, and here's the thing about Leno. Like again, in my old age, I've come a long way on like I've realized you can like both David Letterman. As this icon, and then also be fine with Leno. Leno had some fine bits. We're both car guys, and to your point, I bet if you saw Jay Leno walking, you know, in Times Square, he'd probably stop and chat with you for a minute. Seems like a great guy. Yeah, but it just, you know, it felt like at least for his for his uh, for the Tonight Show, he, he kind of fucked Conan over. He kind of fucked Letterman he over. Did. It, it did feel like at least. Yeah, well, did. that's fair. Look, there's there's some we would probably fuck people over for our jobs also. So again, I don't really hold it against Jay, but yeah, I think he's probably a wonderful guy. Maybe not quite as funny as the David Letterman's of the world, but yeah, I'm with you. He's fine.
1: Yeah. And at the end of the day, he did make it about him. The thing about Letterman was just the creativity. You know, I remember going. So I went to William Patterson College and I started, I started in 79 and bombed out and went back in 82. And I can remember going over probably in 83 with a group. And I mean, Dave, this is the early days, man. And it was just so creative and so different. Um, you know, because it wasn't just a monologue. It was, you know, the, the quintessential bit is the Velcro suit and jumping onto the <laughs> velcro wall i mean who thinks of that shit you yeah. know that kind of stuff i mean steve allen was real creative but uh, you know maybe that's what letterman would tell you hey i didn't do anything new steve allen was doing that crazy stuff in the 50s but for people my age it was new you know and they who were coming out of johnny where it was just sort of you know a, a monologue and some set bits and dave was doing you know crazy stuff throwing water i remember when he threw a watermelon down at brian Gumble and his group <laughs> And, you know, oh, wow. Gumbel's pissed and yelling at him. You know, that stuff wasn't really being done. Yeah. And, and, and Leno didn't do much of that. Leno was more kind of a straightforward comic.
0: Yeah. And Leno, you know, every 50-plus-year-old grandmother and grandpa in America watched Leno. That's why he consistently had ratings that beat Letterman. I mean, he had a very consistent, built-in audience. And, you know, a lot of Letterman's fans were... 10 guys in a dorm room gathered around one TV watching. That's true. So, so yeah, the, the, there there was definitely some differences there. But, uh, but yeah, to your point, Letterman was – he was really cutting edge. He was doing a lot of stuff other guys weren't doing. And, and it was just genuinely very funny. Right. Right. So, and, it, and it's it funny, too. I, I think you're you sort of talking about dropping the melon on uh, near Bryant Gumble, but I think it's funny the parallels between Letterman and like Howard Stern, the way they were both just edgy and different and sort of started at the same time. To me, it was almost like Howard Stern was to radio what Letterman was to TV and vice versa.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. And they always got along pretty well, didn't they? Well, no, no. They had a pretty good feud, but then they patched they, it up. They did, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Well that was great though. He was a, he was a very good get as they say and a very very, very nice guy.
0: Very good get. Good good voice yeah. and prepared and god he he just killed it. That was that was awesome.
1: Yeah, and I'm not all that familiar with his stand up. I'd like to make myself more familiar, but apparently he is not at all averse to politics. I'd say he works some in there.
0: Yeah, well I mean I think yeah with the pin stuff and I, I I was watching one of his bits on TikTok maybe yesterday and <laughs> I think somebody had sort of referenced Trump as, uh, you know, doing a great job or something. And he was like, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, but he was kind of like, really, you're going to say that Trump was whatever. But yeah, I think he definitely works, uh, works in politics in when necessary, although from what I've seen, certainly is not, you know, a bulk of his comedy. You you could be a Republican and have a great time at his shows.
1: right? Yeah. Right. Right yeah well that was very
0: cool my friend yeah yeah how about that that's a another good get and you know it's funny man there's probably i'd say we've had 10 12 celebrities on the show you know from major league baseball players comedians kind of yeah. that type of thing right they they always show up like these people like you just think they're gonna say fuck you something happened and i'm not gonna waste an hour on your your little podcast but they always show up it's so fascinating and awesome and just it's I think sometimes you see why people rise to the level they rise to because they are good, good folks.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably right. Yeah, no, he he seemed like a great guy. Be uh, you know uh, the quintessential guy to have a beer with, right?
0: Yeah, and no would pretense. never never cheat on his wife with a porn star. I would just bet on it. No, he probably he kind of made that clear. Like there are lines, you know. Yeah. and good, good for him. Fair enough. Now you, on the other hand, you're just waiting yeah, for the wow. right porn star.
1: Yes, that's now. Yeah. That's
0: true. <laughs> and and so that is true. What I'll do right now, Ray, is we can, we'll we pause. Troy is going to put in some comedy from Kevin from one oh, of his nice. TikToks that should be very funny when we listen back. And if you want, we can pause. And just for the ambience uh, of the, the bit, once we stop the pause, we can laugh as though we heard it. And uh, you know we'll, we'll kind of blend together.
1: So, okay. So we get to show our chops a bit.
0: Yes, here we go. And I I think we're both good actors. So here we're going to pause and take a listen now to a bit from Kevin McCaffrey. I think you'll like it. So I asked
2: my Uncle Steve, like, why don't you
0: like Obama?
2: Because there's plenty of good reasons not to like any president, any politician for sure. But my Uncle Steve just doesn't strike me as much of a reader. So he's very curious about his specifics. And what he said verbatim was, he goes, you know, I just get the feeling that, like, he thinks he's better than me. (laughs) And I was like, oh, the president? <laughs> of America. Thinks he's better than you? Uh, well, here's the thing, he is by a lot. It's not a photo finish here. And it's a, again, this is not a political thing. So this is so not a political choice between these two guys. I'll give you guys facts about each of their lives. I won't even tell you whose fact is whose. <laughs> so you can make a politically independent decision about who the better person is, okay? So one of these two guys, between President Obama and Michael Stiefel, is two guys, uh, still married to his first wife, the mother of his children. Pretty good. Uh, the other one, we'll tell you who, <laughs> recently cheated on my Aunt Stacy with a Burger King employee. <laughs> and it wasn't even a manager. He wasn't even sexing his way up the chain as a career move. This was a lateral bang at best. So... <laughs> Take your guess who's who, mark it down, let's do another. For a school, one the two went to a place called Harvard, which I hear is very nice. The other one, won't tell you who. Recently failed a scuba diving class. <laughs> and somehow didn't die. I don't even know if that's possible. <laughs> if you float back to the top and take one breath, D minus should be the worst you're looking at. Like, that's a pass. How bad was his attitude down there? (laughs) So let's do one more to break any ties. And we'll be out there after two rounds. (laughs) One of the two, President Obama, and will see one of those two dudes, uh, once wrote a best-selling book about himself. Pretty good. The other one, won't tell you who, swears that on one of the pages of his Waldo book, They just forgot to put Waldo. (laughs) He is furious about it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's good stuff. oh man that was good i always like the paul schaefer laugh the <laughs> so, yeah. oh, and,
1: uh,
0: kevin very funny man thank thank you so much for doing the show and uh, and again we touched on it earlier but we will miss our friend aaron who has has uh he is done with uh at least in, it, in its previous form, Berea Pond is no longer. It was actually, ironically enough, bought out by Dad's Flooring, who is our That's other crazy. sponsor. And uh, so, yes, it, we will miss Aaron cutting that we'll check every month or two. Yeah,
1: Maybe it'll free him up some time to come back and spend a little time with
0: us. I said that specifically, and he was very fine with that. He said, yeah, we'll have more time to come do the show. So it is nice to bring him on. He's a smart guy, and he knows his uh, knows his politics, even though we agree with Almost nothing that he says, at least no, in, not in regard that's to not Trump. In regard to Trump, yeah. Well, maybe for me, but uh, <laughs> no. I you can I agree with plenty of Republican thoughts, just not the Trump stuff. So, so but, he's uh, getting out, Aaron. Yeah, man, made a small fortune, so I'm going to start, you know, begging him for money all the time, and you know, just calling him up for see if he'll pay for my groceries and things. Hey, and yeah, well, probably not find that out
1: of character for you.
0: <laughs> I I'm certainly not. You know, and, uh, honestly, a nice uh story of uh, Aaron was cleaning out the Berea Pond store and it's uh as we mentioned on the show, it's like a big superstore. So it's not yeah. just like a small pawn shop. It was like an old grocery store. And he was just like, Hey man, do you do you want this, you know, this big umbrella stand? And I was like, sure. And he's like, Hey, can you use this big workbench? I'm like, Yeah. No, nope, not <laughs> So he, he actually brought to my house like Two truckloads of stuff, a big ping pong that's table. Crazy it was so nice of Aaron, like him and his wife Robin are just the coolest people. So we just appreciate the umbrella stand. Put it in the house? No, like uh, for my pool, I've got like you put the stand down and you'll oh, put a big gotcha, umbrella. Gotcha. So no big umbrellas. Yeah, the big umbrella okay. stand for the yeah, that's the pool, cool. Basically, yeah. So that's yeah, really just,
1: cool. So is he done now? So we have to say goodbye to him as a sponsor,
0: huh? Yeah, we say goodbye to him as a sponsor in its well, current thank form. Thank you and, so much,
1: Aaron, yeah. for all that time. He was there from the get-go, as I recall, wasn't he? Pretty close.
0: Very close. He started. Yeah, very right. close. I think we had him on as a guest, and immediately was basically yeah. like, "Yeah, maybe that's I, it. I like what you guys are doing, and I'd be happy to, to chip in as yes. a sponsor." So yeah, it was God, really. What cool. was wrong with him, huh? Man, you're not the smartest guy when it comes to that.
1: (laughs) But Aaron, thank you so much. We'll get you on the show, and, and best of luck in
0: your future endeavors. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And, of course, thanks to our other sponsors, Troy with Front Porch Studios. Obviously, Troy, as much as we pester you, you know, we couldn't do this without you. Tony with We Do Epoxy. It's getting a little cold for a new garage floor epoxy, but he's doing some other things inside. And now would be a good time to plan to have him come out in the spring and do your garage. Dad's Flooring, of course, who is now moving. So the old Berea Pond location. So they're gonna have a huge, massive warehouse of flooring at great prices. So you're not gonna to want to miss that. And of course, our buddy Nate from Stoveleg Media, who also uh, you know, couldn't do it without you, Nate. We appreciate you so much. And the Rational Boomer podcast. And with that, do you have a dad joke for us today, Ray?
1: Uh, you know, I don't. I didn't even think, ah, uh, wow, well, you know what? Um <laughs> my son told me this one. I, I I'll do it off the top of my head. Um, so there's four guys on the Titanic. And the waiter says, the the ship's going down, and the waiter says, we've got to get lifeboats. And the musician says, what about the children? And the lawyer says, fuck the children. And the priest says, do we have enough time?
0: (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that, that's a good one, Ray. That's a good one. Yeah, I hope your son's listening, man. That was that was money. So and uh, kind of cool. I've got it I've still gotta reach out and make the phone call, but um just a little after show shop talk. Hopefully next week for Halloween. I hope to do it before Halloween, but it may air week of Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just ignore my super flu. I should have George C. Romero. Booked as a guest who is the son of George A. Romero, who is famous for essentially creating the zombie in its current form with Night yeah, of the pretty, Living Dead. Pretty much, yeah. And uh, yeah, so it'll be fascinating to to talk to him a bit as well.
1: Kind of a king of the king of the B movies, yeah, right. Because yeah. you said in his restaurant in Mount Sterling, there's like a
0: little homage to his dad, right? Y- yes, yeah, plenty of plenty of stuff, and I, I definitely think he takes that legacy pretty seriously. And uh, and hopefully he's he's responded to every text message, but hopefully we can get that worked out and and chat with him uh, sometime between now and Halloween. That's great. All right, Tris, Well, have a great week. Thanks again to Kevin McCaffrey for stopping
1: by. That was a pleasure. And uh, if Kevin's ever in the area, well, I will certainly look him up and I'm, I'm looking forward to YouTube and some of his bits.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll buy him a drink somewhere and, and, and finally get him off the record to say that Trevor Noah is just not that funny.
1: I, I don't disagree. I always liked Trevor, but I, I I took Kevin's point. I watched much less of the Daily Show when Trevor took it over than I did when Stewart had it. So whatever that it, says, there's that.
0: It was a different vibe, and, and I will say this. And you know, since I said something negative about Trevor, he's excruciatingly talented, smart, well read. Did a great you Trump imitation. He did, and yeah. he's he's a phenomenal presence in media. I just never found him that funny.
1: Yeah, I, know, I remember but, you saying that. Yeah. yeah. No, it,
0: it, and I thought Kevin <laughs> answer
1: was good. Then he's not funny for you, right? Dude, I can remember have- my dad. You know, when Steve Martin was just hitting the big time, you know, in the late 70s on SNL, where he had been a writer, uh, us kids loved Steve Martin with all that goofy humor, the arrow through the head, so on and so forth. Man, my old man just could not stitch. Like, he <laughs> didn't get it in the least. Now, he always loved Tim Allen. I never thought Tim Allen was terribly funny.
0: Man, that's fine. And since the humor's are so personal. Like we, yeah. we, we're all so different with that. But uh, yeah, so understandable. So on that, uh, on note, that note, yeah, man. Have yourself a great weekend,
1: and um, you do the
0: same. And and yeah, and just when you get a chance, uh, bring me that final four thousand dollars that that Galaxy owes oh, me, if you don't, if you don't I mind.
1: Will do that. I will do that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes.
0: All right. Yeah, buddy, so go. lots of things changing, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that's sadly, man, I'll I will miss that gig, but I've also put in a couple feelers for some replacement folks to do that. But yeah,
1: Trism yeah. was doing the social media for our company that has changed hands, and the new owners brought in a person that they use for their restaurant. So it sucks. Yeah, it's only, okay. that's kind of ironic that nobody got replaced in the place except for you.
0: That's it, and it is funny that the Muslims would come in and replace the only fucking Jew on Hindus, payroll. Hindus, Hindus. Oh God! Hindus. Then I, I just made a faux pas. Oops. I, Hindus. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Then. Yeah, Hindu then it was, Hindus. Yeah. It was not racist I think not, at all. Then. So
1: just so you don't feel so bad, I think they're going to bring their own cleaning crew too. And so, okay. And that's a that's about six times. We don't have to give the actual numbers, but that's you you can figure it out. That's about six times the check that we wrote for you because oh, they wow. clean every day. Yeah. You know, and Unreal. that's a pretty husky husky chunk. And I think I'm going to have to have that conversation also, which does suck. Yeah. Because they're well, real good folks. Yeah, it stinks. Who'd you use? A uh, place called Corvus Janitorial, but it's a it's they've got a local franchise. Husband and wife, and Coach Revere was at uh, EKU for twenty years. His son Ben played in the major leagues. Ben Revere. Oh yeah,
0: of course. That's right. right. You've you've told stories yeah. on the show and about Mister Revere great guy. He, he's yeah. he's
1: just one of the good guys, and they've been cleaning for a couple of years. But I think he's going to bring his own crew in. So I've that already kind of given him a heads up, and people get it like you did. You know, sure. new owners do is new things is. i mean it's you know
0: yeah no doubt but yeah so, and i'll let you get out of here but uh yeah, okay triz fun show for sure have a great week uh,
1: brother talk to you soon
0: you too my friend take care Ray. okay thanks See you. bye hello according to our research you like podcasts well if you have a passion mission or story you should have your own podcast and I have a resource you might be interested in. Go to frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. You'll see how Frontport Studios can help you enter the world of podcasting. Again, that's frontporchstudios.com slash products and services. Thank you for your time. Goodbye.